You're listening to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Hello, welcome to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Its purpose is to dissect horror films, both old and new. And we've been dedicating this current season to the late, great Wes Craven and uh, his Nightmare on Elm Street uh, franchise. And we've been calling it the Nightmare Years in particular because I've been looking at his middle chunk of his film career. And we're kind of almost towards the end of our discussions on the, the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise plus Wes Craven's films. And we're going to be doing that with what would be the uh, seventh franchise installment film from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, which was called Wes Craven's New Nightmare. It was released back in 1994. But before we kind of get into the uh, the guts of the our narrative discussion, I should introduce myself. My name is Saul Muerte. I'm the lead host of the podcast and for the series. And I'm joined in the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street franchise discussions with, once again, Oscar Jack. Welcome back, Oscar. It is wonderful to be back, Saul. <laughs> so you've been on this journey with me so far, and as I said, we're seven movies in. I, I've asked you this with every single one, but um, uh, and uh, you've given us a background of, of going through that journey yourself, of watching these films when it was on a bit of a, a review, and you kind of watched them pretty much in one hit. Where, at what point did you first see uh, New Nightmare, and, and when did or when did it come on your radar for the first time i saw new nightmare wes craven's new nightmare early i saw it it was maybe the third nightmare film i ever saw yes which i would have i would have caught yeah when i was about 15 16 uh on kind of cable foxtel i'd seen the original i'd seen dream warriors uh somehow missed all of the others um (laughs) And I remember, I, I remember probably seeing it in chunks, seeing it in bits and pieces. Yes. Um, and being really struck by it and realizing that this was, this was re- this was something really different. Yes. And that, that kind of, that impression stayed with me, uh, stayed with me for up until I, uh, was rewatching them and, and getting to sit down and, and rewatch this one in its entirety uh, again for the first time in close to close to fifteen years. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's something I've I've been really looking forward to coming back to and rewatching. I think that says a lot about the film too, because I'm, I'm sorry mm. to interject, but like like yeah. I, I I too have fond memories of this film. I'm, I'm not entirely sure if it was the third film I watched, but it was definitely the third most prominent one of the franchise that i remember if somebody was mm. to tell me i right, name name the franchise movies uh this would definitely be the top in the top three that i'd say off the, off the top of my head uh, and i think that says a lot about the film itself as well so anyway so i i, I was i was cutting you off you were about to say something there mm. Oscar. uh this i think i saw this relatively uh in the infancy of my obsession with horror yeah yeah. And this is a particularly good film for that because it does, it, it dives deep into like in, into that world in, in this really kind of uh, meta textual way that, that Wes Craven would go on to kind of explore further with Scream. I think this is, yes. this is proto Scream. Really- Even though they do it in different ways, it like, it is playing with all of those same toys with this kind of meta narrative and, and, and this 
like so strongly as you kind of jump in and just realize like uh, uh, Sarah, who uh, has been my, who was my companion for the first rewatch of this. Yes. Uh, I remember eagerly watching her face as this one started because she okay. knew nothing about it. <laughs> we, we just watched Freddy's Dead. We just watched Freddy's Dead yeah. as we turned to this one. And I remember just kind of watching, uh, watching her face with eager ant- anticipation. Um, <laughs> and when she realized what the hell this movie was, yeah. and she just kind of looked to me stunned because anyone's ever made a movie like this. No, that, that's the thing. That's the thing that was so mm. different and refreshing about it. And we're skirting around it without actually really take, uh, telling the audience about it. I mean, those podcasters that, uh, the, the people listening to our podcast who are familiar with the, the, the film itself would, would know the ins and outs of this anyway. But for those that aren't familiar with the film, it's incredibly meta at a time when meta wasn't a cool thing or hadn't become a word in, the, in its own existence. Um, it, it's self-referential, it's self-knowing. But more than that, it embodied the, the context of the film itself is Freddie being manifested into the real world as if like uh, we have Heather Langenkamp, John Saxon, we've got uh, Wes Craven playing himself all within the world of Hollywood filmmaking. I kind of realize the, the, the essence of Freddy is, is becoming pushed into, into our world, not, not in uh, the world of fiction that we've become known of. It's, he's breaking down the fourth wall and, yeah, and, and that to me was this film. Like when you look back at it, I I just I'm watching it going. It was it was so ahead of its time in that respects, and and I think I don't know whether if it. I mean, I'm kind of throwing down the gauntlet. I'm throwing down the 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 <laughs> the, the clawed glove uh, early um, in this because I don't normally kind of state my position, but I I feel like this film probably deserves more praise than it actually does get. I feel like it's. It's a it's a clever film. I, I I was still impressed with it. I must say when I when I when I've come back to visit it again, and I, I can only applaud the direction of Wes Craven took the film. Well, he, he he I mean he really kind of draws the line in the sand. This isn't a Nightmare on Elm Street film. Yeah, this is this is Wes, Wes Craven's new nightmare. He yeah. has come back and he has yeah. resurrected it in a way uh, in the own. I was going to say the only way you could, but like, I don't see, I don't think anyone else would have looked at where the series was and would have thought this was the logical step for it. It's, it's, it's really quite unique to him. Yeah, Um, it is. It's a stroke. To me, it's a stroke of genius. I just, uh, yeah, I I just, uh, it's, it's hard. It's hard to talk about it really, isn't it? Like it's, yeah. As in, like it's it's just so different from, and 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 as, as such, uh, it's often viewed as outside of the canon because it's so such a different vehicle. You know, it doesn't follow the the, the plot line that we've been following thus far, um, because it's it and it and in a way does what. And and I have often discussed what makes a good sequel, and part of that is that it has the essence of the original, but it has something new that you throw into the mix that can still sit within that, that previous world and be believable. Um, and we always talk about how aliens is probably the perfect example of that, um, uh, being made. 
I, but I'm wondering now, like in talking it through, that this is another really good example of where you can take a, a, a sequel in a completely new direction, but it still embodies what the original film was about. Yeah, it's really... I don't know. I, I, I'm, 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 I am kind of praising it quite early. I must admit, mm. um, but um, I'd be interested to get your final thoughts on it when we get get to the end of it. Yes. Um, but okay, so let's 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 dive into the plot line. Let's talk about mm. the uh, the narrative, and 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 as we do that, some of what we're trying to hint at will hopefully become a bit clearer. And as we kind of uh, splice this one wide open. A really, like, if anything, the biggest nod, similarly to how the first Nightmare film. Mm-hmm. Uh, opened, we get the creation of Freddy's glove as we're and, in the new night, uh, new nightmare opening credit sequence. Well, and straight off the back, uh, like this is a really good looking film. Yeah, the cinematography on this is 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 gorgeous. Yeah, I would go so far as to say, um, and it's really from that first image as it's kind of as it's panning down. Um, this table of tools and bits and pieces as, as uh, we think, as we've been kind of trained to believe with Freddie, we see he's, he's uh, uh, this fire burning and we see his sweater and he's contract- constructing a metal hand, uh, 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 kind of cybernetic, you know, kind of vibing on, um, you know, very kind of like, you know, I feel like the nineties was obsessed with the future, with the millennium uh, right around the corner. You, you kind of get this kind of thing. And we, you know, if you were just walking to this movie and you, you thought, hey, Wes Craven made a new nightmare movie, you would think like, oh, it's opening like normal as it kind of goes on further and further and, and the hand is chopped off and we realise that we're on the set yes, of a new Nightmare on Elm Street film. Yes. With Heather, Heather Langkamp watching as her husband, who is a special effects artist. Yes. Is, is operating the glove and Wes Craven himself is in this movie within the first, you know, it's within the first minute yes, yes. Um, that he pops through and he says how happy he was with it. And um, yeah, we meet Heather and her. Uh, it's so, it's surreal that her character, like calling her Heather. Um, yes. You know, because, you know, she didn't really have a, like much of a film career other than Nightmare. No, and to see right. her, see her here with her kind of her husband, who I believe in the real world was a special effects artist, um, or is uh, rather, um, right. like like it's all very much kind of uh, pulled. But we see her, her husband, and her child. Yeah, I want to say uh, her. I don't know. Yeah, I think you are right. They are still together. I think his name was um, David Leroy Anderson, and he did the makeup for Nutty Professor and Men in Black, I want to say. Uh, hey, those are, those are good special effects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just naming a couple off the top of my head. Um, yeah, so, and this was around that time. So, yes, that would make sense. So, yes, it is kind of all, all uh, to go back to what you're saying, is playing loosely with the truth. Um, yes. Yeah. Yes, and there, there are there are more instances in this film uh, of really bringing uh, reality uh, into the fiction of this film. Yes, um, and like playing with that line. Um, but as, as we kind of see them, kind of all uh, chatting and, and palling around, and uh, something starts being quite odd, and the the, the metallic uh, Freddy glove uh, seems to come alive as it starts slashing and 
chopping yeah. up the special effects crew. Uh, and, and Heather wakes up uh, screaming from, from a nightmare as they wake up uh, in their home to a uh, earthquake kind of shaking the house. That's what's left is, you know, you know, they look out the window and they see the, the pool uh, uh, water splashing all o- or sloshing all over and uh, they look up and uh, get those little, little tastes, little tastes of, of, of what we've come kind of come to know where she sees like a, an injury yes. that she'd seen her son in, got in, the, in, the, in her nightmare. Yes. Um, but in this case, it's no longer, it's like they're, you know, they were in an earthquake, you know, like that so easily could have happened just there. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, I think the important thing there as well, just uh, you kind of loosely mentioned, but her son Dylan is is uh, seen wandering around uh, in the dream se- sequence, is wandering around the set of the new Elm Street movie. And so we instantly have Heather in a, a maternal role in this, mm. and that's going to be integral because, to the, the development of the film because that's her whole angle is to protect her son, essentially, um, from Freddy. Um, mm. So, uh, but yes, to go back to what you were saying, she wakes up and um, from the dream, wonders whether the, uh, if the, the earthquake was real or was it kind of a, the dream kind of cracking into reality essentially and she sees she sees cracks yeah in the <coughs> cracks on the wall yeah. kind of in the shape of his um his gloves and and you know the husband goes off to work and uh she gets a call from what we find out is is you know that she has a stalker who has been kind of has kind of eased off now, but you know, he's been calling and, 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 uh, yeah. uh, sending her things, which is something from her real life. Heather Lancap had this kind of obsessive stalker and Wes Craven had asked if he could include it into the film. Yes. And it, it re it, it's, it's like, I'm so glad, uh, that, 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 you know, that she was um, kind of brave enough and, 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 you know, confident enough to be able to bring that into the film. Cause I can imagine it would have been a really confronting uh, thing to be playing around. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it really does. I feel like all of these little touches of actual, of the actual reality, all of these cross hairs kind of coming in just a, uh, a, uh, uh, make this movie like it just blurs its lines more and more yes. between it being of, you know, being a film and being kind of this weird, you know, real world kind of thing. Absolutely. And importantly, like there's a couple, there's a couple of things at play here with the phone call, the prank phone call as well is that one, it kind of does sound a little bit like Freddie. And to me, this yeah. was the, also the first precursor of what would be, screen absolutely as well like that was the one moment where i went oh my god this is like so <laughs> got so much of that coming out because well what are we like what did i say this was what year did i say this was released at 94 so we're like one year away from screen being released 96 oh damn all right okay I'll yeah so there's, there's, a, there's a little bit of wiggle room yeah. but the okay. fact that he went straight into it yes yes well, it, it would be his next feature film as well. So that you're right. So he probably went away, wrote it, and then you know came back. 
uh, would scream, uh, as you rightly pointed out, 1996. The next scene, sorry, Heather turns up at uh, a kind of talk show that's being filmed, Mm -hmm. the morning talk show, and they're discussing the 10th anniversary of the Nightmare films. Uh, And then part of the talk show lineup is Robert England, who kind of appears and he rips into the... Uh, through the you know the backdrop scene and kind of does the whole hammed up thing and all in full, in full yeah he's in yeah. full Freddie makeup and that's right surprises yeah and it's all done in this really like again like what what was great about the first uh, nightmare film is that blurring of of dream and reality so you kind of from Heather's point of view she's questioning what's real and what's not and she's she looks yeah. around at the audience who are all wearing freddy costumes and and this real kind of surreal feeling and like she feels like she's under attack or being under attack or not safe at mm. all uh, yeah it's re- it's really it's it's really it's really nice it's really nicely done yeah yeah um as we go straight into the next scene and and robert england's out of the makeup and he's signing uh mm. Uh, signing autographs for kids and they go to him and he and uh, Heather get to have a little walk and talk. Yes. And it's, um, it's really wonderful to get to see these two actors yeah. together on screen in a way that isn't antagonist. antagonistic. Yeah, 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 that's right. um, like, like you can see their real relationship, which is the thing is that all of the, so many real people are in this movie who have this relationship from the first movie. Yes. Not only Wes Craven and Robert England, but we even get Robert Shade of yeah. New Line Cinema playing himself. Playing himself. Um, he drops up in the next, in the next scene. Uh, which is just absolutely yeah. there. That's right. She gets a call and they, they bring him straight over. Yeah. Um, straight over to New Line, which is just like this movie. <laughs> uh, my friend Sarah just kept on looking over to me being like, what's going on? And I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's the dude. That's the producer. That's the head of the studio. Yeah. Like the actual dude. Um, which yeah. is just, it, it, <laughs> I just can't wrap my mind around this. This yeah, movie yeah. is so insane for doing all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but Bob, Bob is, uh, is, is telling her that, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, he wants to talk about, he wants to talk about, uh, 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 you know, Wes and yep. that they're, they're working on a new script. Uh, 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 you know, Wes didn't write any nightmare scripts cause he hadn't had any scary nightmares, but he started having nightmares recently. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, which makes, he- which gives Heather pause. Yes, it does. That's right. Cause, uh, yeah. So Bob's basically saying that we're going to do a new, uh, new f- and final nightmare film. And I wonder if that says a lot about the previous one too. That there's this need to do another Freddy film because the last one wasn't so good. Uh, sure. Yeah. They they even say during the talk show uh, when the talk show host says, you know, is Freddy is Freddy really dead? And yes, you know, Heather says Freddy's dead. Yeah. You know, they just keep on you know dropping in you know the title of the last movie. Yeah, that's um, it. <laughs> even though we all you know we're all sitting down, we've all bought our tickets and our popcorn and you know Another snacks one. and we're watching we're watching a whole new one here right yeah, yeah yeah that's it um so yes and uh to go back to what you were saying it gives gives heather pause for thought and she decides at that stage she decides not she doesn't want to do it because she's having nightmares of her own mm. coupled with the phone calls and 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 re- and her son's been 
showing some strange behavior too so she's just she's not she doesn't want want to be a part of it and then here and bob basically kind of says bob shay basically says like her husband um is going to be working on the film he's agreed to create this new glove for freddie mm-hmm. and and heather's just a bit like i can't believe he's doing that but yeah uh yeah so she's a bit pissed off by that by him being involved and- without her knowing well, and, and this this scene here is where is where our kind of sense of eeriness um, expands from just Heather. Yes. Uh, because she starts saying, you know, has anything weird happened while he's been writing, you know, any yes. weird phone calls or nightmares? And Bob Shea, like, hats off to him because he's, he's good in this movie. Like, yeah, he really you is. Know, he, you know, she says, you know, have you getting any, any nightmares or phone calls? And he just gets this kind of like, far off look and then the phone starts ringing his eyes kind of look to it and she asks why aren't you picking up the phone and yes. you can see him just kind of be like oh whatever you know <laughs> yeah uh, you know like that's what i pay people for you know <laughs> <laughs> that's right and then heather uh, gets home and that's when she discovers her son has had this kind of episode and he does the mm. scary voice of going you know in a kind of voice saying ne- ne- never sleep. sleep again yeah um i i, I guess like I, for me it's always hard with casting kids in films mm. i think that if anything this was the one area that i i didn't buy into i i found it too cliche um yeah uh-huh. And I, so if I'm going to be critical of this movie, I, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to the kid, it's just hard. It's just hard. Like we've seen many possessed kid films. Um, sure. And you just do a kid with a funny voice, like in, you know, Pet Cemetery or what have you. It's, you know, Danny Torrance, you know, as the, yeah, as the, yeah, even that. Like, as the grandson of, of, of the creepy child. Exactly. Exactly. So anyway, look, I guess like, yeah, I don't know whether I'm being too mean on that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but for me, that was one area I was like, yeah. Heather's really quite worried now. So she asked her husband, uh, Chase, to come home because he's currently away uh, doing another film set. And he agrees to. Uh, but in doing so, he falls asleep at the wheel on the way home. And mm. uh, we're led to believe that he died in a car crash. Yes. And we see the his the glove that he was working on disappears. Yes, that's right. Um, as they're kind of uh, driving along, and uh, we get we set up, uh, you know, that uh, that her son is scared of the scary man. Yeah. Um, you know, he set up his his T Rex toy the uh, down the end of the bed, which I um, love. I actually love that. I yeah, think, I think that's cool. I love the whole idea of the of the toy protecting him in his sleep. Yeah. yeah, it's a really, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's taking this idea that, you know, that we have all had as kids of, of, you know, this, my toy will protect me. Yes. My blanket will protect me. That's it. Um, and, you know, she kind of goes under the, the sheets and there's a, a line that I really like um, where she says, see, nothing wrong. And he looks to her and she says, it's, it's different when you're not here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, I, I, uh, yeah, I, I think I think I'm a, I'm a little bit more uh, probably forgiving of the kid. Um, no, I, I liked uh, him there. I liked him there. It's just when he does the possessed talking bit. Oh yes, I, I it's it's that I like. There's nothing. That's what I meant by I don't want really to be cruel about the kid because he clearly can act. Because 
the other moments he's brilliant. Um, yes, it's just it's just that it's just it falls into that cliche territory, I guess. I, mean, I don't know what other way sure. you'd be able to portray that though. Um, mm. But uh, to me, that's just where that kind of area fell into. Um, but I'm, we do quite hard. We, we yeah. seem sure. Yeah, we, we see with uh, with the father though. We. Uh, we get uh, kind of a little nod to the bathroom, the bathtub scene. Yes. Where we see the gloves, kind of the knife uh, uh, comes up and like very gently, like just itches his crotch. Yeah. Uh, as he kind of reaches down and, and <laughs> kind of gives himself a scratch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is a nice inversion of, 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 of that. Yeah. Um, which even like, like for 1994, I feel like is like, quite different you know yeah it's it's you know you just you you really kind of wouldn't have seen it and then it kind of bursts out and and gets him and yeah crashes and and the next scene we have the cops kind of coming to yeah the door and and telling heather that you know uh that her husband's been in a crash and that he's he's passed away yeah um just uh just to pause there as well just on that bit where the actual glove finally does come through the seat it's it to me it was a massive massive nod to jaws and the fin mm. coming out of the ocean moment um and but in this instance it's the it's the claws coming out of the of the uh, seat essentially and i thought that was really cool but yes anyway as you said yeah the cops turn up and to basically say that uh yeah that chase has been killed in a car crash um, and Heather goes to uh, identify the body, and that's where she can kind of see that looks like there's claw marks in his chest, and the mm. dude that, that's working in the morgue is trying to kind of hide it, but she kind of can tell that there's like a claw-like mark on his chest, essentially. And her son gets even more weird and, you know, mm. acts strange and stuff. Um does the funeral scene happen next? Yes. Yeah. So the, uh, yes, because the reason I mentioned that is this is where we there's a few more kind of bit players thrown into the mix as well, because um, we have Nick Corey, sorry, massive mind blank, but he was in um, the original film. Uh, he was the guy that played um, Rod uh, in the original Nightmare on Elm Street film. Oh, right. Um, so he's, he's there grieving Plus, uh, Tuesday Night, who uh, pl- uh, played Kristen in the full film, is also there grieving uh, in the funeral scene. Oh. So I'm, I'm, I know it's just like uh, it's a throwaway cameo moment, but it that slight finesse in the detail makes uh, the film even more grounded in this kind of real world that we're watching it in. You know, I just I thought that yeah. was, it's they literally like it's probably like 20 seconds, 30 seconds of film. If that, um, super, super small. I, I I remember reading that, um, uh, that Wes wanted that he didn't ask Johnny Depp because he didn't think he'd do it, but bumping into him after had mentioned it to him and that Johnny Depp would have, would have done it. Um, and I don't know how much, you know, fact there is because, you know, he, Johnny Depp pops up in the last one. Yeah, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, a little one and one, but I guess I guess you know this is a few years later, and you yeah. know he's 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 perhaps uh, kind of getting a little bit more steam. But yeah, you know, like having all of these actors from from the previous films playing themselves. You know, uh, Robert's there with his wife, and 
know, uh, Bob Shea's there and, oh yeah, sure. And, yeah. Yeah. These little, these little shots of all of these people. And, and, um, more, and more importantly, John Saxon's there. Uh, yes. um, who, who plays a, 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 who plays a pretty decent part in this movie. He does. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And it's re- I think the thing that I really just love is watching all of these, all of these people who have worked together on yeah. multiple films and just like their relationship really comes across. Yes, that's like right. They, they all just have such lovely, lovely, uh, warm, connected chemistry together. Yeah, it's genuine. Um, yeah, that's it's, it's so, it's yeah. so genuine. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, which is, which, which is one of, uh, I think the, like the elevating factors of this film Yes, um, is that, you know, it's not like they're using non-actors. It's because there's, there's only been, what was that? I was, I was, I was listening to something about uh, uh, the Ocean's 12 movie where they have oh, yeah. um, Julia Roberts playing Julia Roberts in the movie because yes. Julia Roberts' character looks like Julia Roberts. Yes. And th- that I think is an incredibly less successful version of this. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like, you know, even going along with like, say, uh, being John Mal- Malkovich. Yeah. Like, this yeah, is, yeah, yeah. this is before that. And I think that's probably the closest. Yeah. You're probably right. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, in terms of, I, yeah, I could, I could imagine, uh, well, I'm sure they were developed separately, but like, yeah, I mean, this is the first of this kind of instance that, at least I'm aware of, um, yeah. yeah, of this kind of thing. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, but I, mean, like, I, 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 I'm, what am I trying to say? Yeah, I, I don't know if anything like this had happened before. I'd like to say it hadn't. Um, I don't mm-hmm. want to put myself down and con- and confirm that as as a definite thing or not. I just know from my point of view, I've not I've not mm-hmm. seen anything like this until this point. Yeah. So then, and, and talking of that kind of genuine relationship, this is the next scene is where Heather then goes to see Wes uh, to yes. basically ask for him to make some sense of what's going on. And this is, this is a great scene. I love this. He's a great, Craven basically he's explained that he doesn't really know much more than she does. Um, other than that, he kind of keeps dreaming these scenes up each night and then he wakes up and, and writes them down. And then, and then he goes on to tell her that, in the script he's been writing, uh, uh, pure evil can be um, defeated if uh, it is effectively captured in a work of art. And that's how he's, he's trying to express himself through that. And that's where Freddie was kind of being reawakened in his mind, I guess. Um, and he explains that um, this, yeah, this evil is, for him is this form of Freddy Krueger. He says that he sees, Freddie sees Nancy, and here I go, I'm blending the two worlds already. He sees um, Heather as the gatekeeper, keeping Freddie at bay, um, because it's Heather's character, Nancy, that defeated him originally. Even though in the third film, Freddie defeats Nancy, somehow it wasn't able to release him. So he's, it's, come, it's almost like it wasn't enough to defeat her in, in the fictional world. He has to try and come out and defeat her in, in the real world. And, and also the fact that, um, like, you know, it has its kind of jab at the later sequels. Yes. Uh, because uh, Freddy, like, no longer scares the public. 
Yes, that's right. And so he has kind of lost, like, as a no kind doubt. of plug, he's lost his power yeah. um, to hold back this kind of... Uh, and we have seen in the in the funeral scene, we get this little glimpse of, of what our Freddy looks like in this movie. Yeah, um, we did, yes. That's, 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 that's not gooey. No. And he's not really burnt either. No, it's he's not. It's 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 all, there's almost like a flayed, like a sectional flayedness to it. Yes, and he, his his eyes are a little bit demonic, but we only kind of briefly see him yes. as uh, Heather has a bit of a uh, momentary nightmare. That. Yeah, and mm. where he pulls the body down under the, in the in the yes, and um, tries to pull her son down. Yes, that's right. Um, but she's able to kind of uh, pull him up. That's right, and. Uh, you know, as as more and more of these elements, she kind of realizes that that this is a real thing that's happening. So you know, so you know, she's sitting on her bed doing her research, and you know, she's got her uh, she's got her coffee maker on her on the side of her bed, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just like she does in the, that first one. You know, where she gets out of bed and pull, like pulls it up, pulls up the percolator um, out, and um, and in LA, you know, these these uh, these earthquakes are just continuing to happen yeah um and uh you know all of her uh like robert england she has a conversation with him and he um uh uh he's been painting a lot yes. and painting freddie's face and yeah uh, i i believe like originally in the scripts they were going to have it that robert england was going to die yeah in a car really? crash okay um and you know and i i i I like that they didn't add that. Uh, I think, yeah. you know, you, you, you didn't need uh, that. And also that would have been a weird thing to have a real person yeah. die. Um, I like that they just kind of, you know, that he, you know, that they're, they're all kind of picking up on there's something really weird happening. Yes. yes. Um, and we keep on seeing these little, you know, like her child keeps on seeing like, on the TV is that original movie. Watching, yeah, that's that one clip over and over, doesn't he? Yes. And that's, I think all of these little bits and pieces. The scene is where like she wakes up and realizes Dylan's not there, goes down and he's having one of those episodes. Yes. And we, we get, we get, you know, we get his, uh, his kind of creepy pet cemetery, uh, moment where, um, which not so much the, the voice, but, uh, he's like taped knives to his fingers as he kind of runs towards her. And that each time I watch it, I find it incredibly unsettling. Um, but the same reason, like the same reason that, uh, that, that, that the pet cemetery thing is, is, is creepy yeah. is yeah, with, yeah. A, with a child running to you with a knife is, uh, is incredibly, uh, frightening. Yeah. Um, because of that kind of, like unpredictability it's it's almost like the 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 kind of adage where you know like a a black belt uh is more worried about fighting a white belt than another black belt because a white belt you can't you don't you don't know what they're gonna do there's there's no there's no kind of sense or reason or logic to movement it, it's you know like a child is just like uh, yeah it, yeah, I have no idea. It's just it's it's kind of very off-putting. Yes. Yeah. No. That's that's exactly right. It's it's, it's a it's kind of a, it is a really freaky moment, and I'd forgotten about the gloves bit. That was kind of a cool touch. Um, mm. And then um, 
but this is where she Heather takes Dylan to the hospital because she's kind of mm. worried about what's happening. Uh, the doctor asks if he if Dylan's ever said anything during the trance, and she says no. But the doctor then gets it out of her later on that he's been doing like these Freddy impressions, and she kind of judges her at that point, kind of going, "Are you, are you letting him watch your films?" Um, and then we. Um, <laughs> And there is an element of like, um, yeah. Every single person in this world knows <laughs> Heather Langenkamp. Yeah, and um, where where they're all, you know, everyone's kind of like, oh, your movies, like she's, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Not to talk like, you know, to speak ill, uh, but you know, they they kind of build her up to be kind of like a more public, uh, uh, more common public, yes, uh, figure instead of just a kind of a horror icon. Um, and I mean, like, I, yeah, I mean, like, I, I really, I really love uh, Heather Langenkamp in this movie. I do, um, I do, yeah. I think she's just, she's just really, she's really, she's really something. Um, yeah. Playing herself, and 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 particularly when she played Nancy, she was so young. I yeah, feel like a lot of yeah. a lot of young actors, like you know, you can see what she brought to that role. Yes from her own kind of self. Yes. Um, yes. But, uh, uh, but Dylan's, uh, you know, staying at the hospital in a tent and, um, you know, doing more kind of Freddy voices, more Freddy possessed voices. There's one point where he spits up bile at her, uh, <laughs> covering her in black, in blackness, freaking out. And, and, uh, uh, Heather keeps on, yeah, being more and more uh, kind of unhinged around all of these people, kind yeah. of building up, uh, uh, which is nice because, you know, they're going to turn against her yeah. um, down in the film. So it's nice to have that buildup of all of them kind of being like, are you okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then really and it not just being yeah. like a, yeah. a, a flick, a flick of the switch. Yes. Yes. That's right. And they really- uh, question her sanity as well because i think they yes. see the marks on her hand too so they think yep i don't know hand on her arm sorry and they think that she's uh, self-inflicting uh self-harm mm. Mm. But yeah so they really quite start questioning her sanity while she's probably questioning her own sanity too but i there's another character i kind of had forgotten um as well in this this period too there's the uh, babysitter um yes julie uh who's been in and out uh, early on um, who, who, who is essentially, she's our, she's our teenage character. She yeah, is she the is. character that she's, she's, you know, she could have easily been, um, one of the main cast of, of any of the sequels. Yes. Um, uh, and, and she's also, uh, I think, uh, 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 Julie, Julie's her name. Yeah. Julie. Um, I think she's a really likable character. Uh, yeah. you know, she's, she, she's really, you know, particularly after, uh, after the husband's death, you know, she's, she's on, you know, she's there to really help and she's really on their side and she really cares about Dylan and yeah. Heather. Uh, but I think uh, jumping back just a little bit, Heather yeah. has a fight uh, with Freddie. She's kind of had a few more and more now encounters, dream encounters with them. Yes. And from this last one in the hospital, she's actually gotten a streak of grey through her hair. That's right. Uh, Yes, like she like she had in the first one, and in the um, end of the first one, that's right. Yeah, 
Yeah, I forgot that. It's a, yeah, I'm jumping around a lot. Sorry. Going, uh, just going with uh, with the uh, Julie character though. Just um, uh, her, she's played by uh, Tracy Middendorf, and I'm mentioning her because for years, like I had this recollection of a female character kind of trying to protect a kid. Uh, and I couldn't remember. I was like, I'm sure it was a, from a franchise. And I seemed to, I think I had a bit of a crush on her when I was, when I first watched it, to be honest. Um, and, um, and I had this vague memory of like, did I dream that? Did I just make that up? Cause I kept trying to work out what franchise it was. Cause I'm like, what's, what's the, what's one where it's a kid, you know? And I kept thinking child's play in my head. Um, and it's weird when I came, came around to watching this again, I was like, oh my God, it, it, that's her. So I haven't just invented this woman up. It's <laughs> she exists. <laughs> um, yeah. So I had a moment of that kind of going around in my head. Um, but anyway, so uh, that's a little window into my own soul. Um, so uh, yeah. So the Julie character turns up at the hospital um, right at the point where Heather really needs her because Heather's been pulled away from uh, Dylan because the uh, staff, the hospital staff, are questioning Heather Sanders. Yes. They think um, she's uh, she's uh, uh, using drugs yeah. and uh, self-inflicting and is basically you know not fit to be looking after her child right now. Yes, that's um, right. But know, it, is she happy? Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. So she gets pulled away uh, by the, like the lead doctor to be questioned. Uh, but just before that, Julie kind of does indicate that she's been having dreams about freddy too so that's kind of like a bit of a window uh, a little bit of a, a precursor as to what's about to occur um yes so so uh anyway so heather's been pulled aside and it's so we've just got julie left alone with dylan at which point yes. two mercies come in to try and sedate dylan um and julie tries to put up a fight and tell them not to because heather's said that he's not to fall asleep but they kind of do a bit of a switcheroo on her um, as she's trying to stop one, the other one sneaks in and, and injects Dylan. Um, and then Julie goes a bit kind of <laughs> territorial and starts punching the nurse and threatening. Yeah, kicks them out of the room and yeah. shuts it up. And Yeah, um, right. In, in, a, in, a, in a moment where, you know, like I feel like you really get behind her. Um, we always love, you know, <laughs> we always love it when someone starts kicking it to an oppressive authority. Yes, um, that's it, that's it. You know, like just further solidifying their bonds to our main characters. That's it. Um, but unfortunately, uh, we don't have Julie for too much longer because Dylan kind of drops in and, and, yeah. and Freddie, uh, you know, wearing his hat. And, he does. Um, and uh, just, uh, just before we get to that, though, I just want to mention oh, yes. one of the nurses um, is actually played by Wes Craven's daughter in real life. Uh, so a bit of a cameo from her. Um, right, great. Plays one of the, one of the uh, one of the nurses in there. But yes, as you were saying, yes. So Freddie appears, and mm. we've only seen this from Dylan's point of view, though. So he can see yes. Freddie, but Julie can't. No, and she, we get uh, a death uh, incredibly reminiscent of the first film yeah, as Julie is dragged yeah, up the wall and onto the roof. Yeah. Yes, uh, which is, um, yeah. And yeah, and Dylan even like reaches out just like 
uh, just like Amanda's boyfriend did in that first film. Yeah, that's right. Um, as they both kind of reach out for each other and uh, she's kind of uh, taken care of and her body's dropped back down and yeah. he turns and screams Rex. He, he's screaming for his toy. His toy, um, yeah. And one of the one of the elements of, of of how Heather was trying to calm him down was like saying, you know, like Holmes, right over. It's just yeah, it's just over high. the just right. over the highway. Yeah, it's just on the other side of the highway. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> which she quickly realizes. Um, she calls up uh, 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 as she's kind of driving around. She realizes that Dylan's uh, running across the the highway That's um, it. as he sees and. This is the scene with probably the jankiest of the effects. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I thought that get, when I watched it. Yeah, yeah. We have you know Freddie in the clouds, and uh, uh, Dylan's kind of running across, and it's kind of, yeah. kind of badly, yes, uh, composited. Yes, it um, yeah. There's only a couple. There's only a couple of. Oh yeah, and then a big glove kind of lifts him up over a car <laughs> yeah. and swoops him across. That's that's the real that's, that's the, the particularly bad. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, at this point, like Heather is in full battle with Freddie. You know, she's screaming yeah. for him to take her, not him. And that's you know, it. like she knows uh, everything that's happening. Yeah, there's a lot. She ducks under like a semi trailer that's going, you know, swooping past. And yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Just uh, it's, it's, just before that pursuit happens, um, Heather calls up John Saxon um, mm. and basically confides to him and says, "Like this is what's going on. He's run away. I, you know, I, it, there's stuff happening in the hospital and all this stuff." And he uh, he also is a- arriving on scene to kind of try and help, right? Um, yes. So Heather gets home. Um, despite the you know the near misses on the freeway, and when she gets into the house, she finds um, Dylan, but he's not home alone. Like John Saxon's there, mm. but this is where things start to blur a little bit because John John kind of comes out. He's he's asking her if she's okay, and she's like, I I don't know. I don't know what's what's right or wrong anymore. I'm really confused. Yeah. And as he's trying to comfort her and kind of says, you know, um, to her, you know, everything's okay, he steps into a car and then he calls her by the name Nancy Mm. as he drives off and all of a sudden he's in the police car. Um, Yes. And and he's effectively become Lieutenant Donald Thompson again. He's no longer John Saxon as he drives off. Mm. uh, So the worlds are really merging and warping together at this point she, she oh yeah that's right and then she turns around as well and then she sees her house has turned into the house on elm street as well is yeah the the yeah the house and she does she she realizes what's kind of happening and realizes this is the game they're gonna have to play so yeah. just as he's leaving she kind of looks to him mildly resigned and says i love you too daddy yes that's it yes um and, Which is and, great. We lo- we love we yeah. love watching. You know, we love watching. Uh, it's just it's great. She, Nancy's always been just this like like this character with such such gusto, yes, and such fight, and yeah. such a smart character, and like yeah. like like inventive, and 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 just always got so much ingenuity. And just to see her be like, okay, yep, you okay, Kruger? You know, like let's. Yeah. 
let's do it then. Um, <laughs> this is the way let's, it's let's, Yeah, it's, 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 oh God, yeah. And <laughs> when, you, when you have that reveal of, of, of the house, it's, it's great. You know, the, the yeah. movies, you know, the first movies playing on the TV inside. And, That's right. You know, it's, it's, it's towards the end there, you know, it's not plugged in. It's, yeah. you know, and she starts yeah, finding yeah, all yeah. of these little um, uh, breadcrumbs that uh, Dylan's left. Yes. Uh, as she realizes uh, all these little sleeping pills. Yes. She realizes she takes one and follows on and goes under the, the, the sheet as yeah. it kind of goes into a, uh, uh, you know, she falls down a slide into a like Freddy satanic dream uh, yeah. monster. Uh, uh, very reminiscent of the set from the very beginning. It is, yes, it is essentially the right. set from yeah. the beginning, but to only the po- to the point, fully expanded. But to the point where you almost start going, oh, hold on, are we, are we watching the film within the film? You start. You mm. start asking yourself that going oh are they gonna uh, are they gonna, about to flip it and go is it is it gonna be like a a holy mountain uh yeah. kind of thing of like we pull out yes you know, like the, the the get shorty ending of exactly like, we've just yeah. we, we've just been watching the movie they're gonna all call yeah. call for rap yeah that's um, it so you want to pull that out and in this temple she finds uh the script she does yes for for this movie that That's we right. are all watching. Yes. Um, which is another one of those elements where you're just like, yeah, like, I can get people not, I can get, you know, that this movie is very meta. Yeah, um, very much so. It, it was so yeah. ahead of its time, man. Um, so, yeah, and, and yeah, you're right. So, and, and there is this confrontation between Freddie and uh, Nancy that occurs. Dylan's there too, and he's trying to run away mm-hmm. from, from Freddie. Uh, Heather gets knocked out. Um, so, like, Dylan's mm-hmm. kind of left defenseless on his own. And, uh, mm-hmm. and this is where uh, Freddie's trying to lure Dylan into a trap to attack him. And that's when Helen uh, discovers, as she comes back into the scene, fights off Freddy. They get him in, into the boiler, essentially, is, is the way. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's the, um, the whole, you know, Hansel and Gretel thing. It's, exactly. It's, uh, yeah. You know, he hops into the oven and, and uh, you know, kind of reaches in after him. We get some great, like, long, we get some good Freddy long, tongue work. Long, long um, I love that. Oh, the the longest tongue tongue of the series is <laughs> yeah, it yeah. snakes around her whole body. Yes, um, and Dylan kind of you know we see uh, uh, he grabs the end of it and yeah. he grabs a knife and is trying to stab it. And the, the you know the tongue is weave trying to weave out of the way, but he yes. just kind of <laughs> plonks him down. So yes. it does like even though this kind of de- this demon Freddy um, is less campy, there is there are these like moments of like. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 these moments of like fun. Yes, yes, that's right. Of 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 you know, you know, in like you know, with with the stabbed tongue, he has now the forked, forked kind of snake tongue. As they kind of lock the doors in behind him, and you know, the the furnace starts up, and yes, that's, um, it. that's it. And he's realizing, yes, that he's he's the one that's been calling the trap, and it is like the giant oven, like you said, from the Hansel and Gretel kind of ending. Um, mm. 
and he kind of realizes he's going to kind of be engulfed in uh, in flames, uh, kind of almost reliving out the end of his existence anyway from before he became Freddy. So like he was born in flames and he's going to die in flames. Dylan and Heather kind of escape the, the blaze and they kind of work their way back to reality. And that's where they find the script of the film that Wes Craven is working on is, is there. And uh, yeah, in the middle. Yeah. Right. And so she picks it up and, he's, and the kid's like, what's that? She goes, oh, it's kind of like a story. And he says, can you read it to me? And she it says, has, uh, Wes has gotten written on it. Um, uh, he's got, thanks for having the guts to play Nancy one last time. Yes. At last, Freddie's back where he belongs. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is awesome. There's so much in that one line and, uh, yeah. And so she begins to read to her son saying, we open on an old wooden bench there's fire and tools and a man grime, man's grimy hands building what's soon revealed as a gleaming set of claws. And the claws are moving now as if awakening from a long and unwanted sleep. And we get closed credits. Mm. Yeah. So. As it just pulls down. Yeah. Pulls down yeah. the hallway. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I already, I already kind of said where I was with it, but to repeat, I... I, I really love this film. I, I think it's mm. so much going for it. It was, it was so refreshing, so ahead of its time. I, I, love, I just love the, the fact that not only did they, uh, that everyone was on board for it. The players were all on board for kind of creating it, and it had to. They had to have the key players there in order for this to work. Um, yeah. The whole Bob Shea thing. And, oh, there was also, um, I, I completely forgot to mention... Um, that Lynn Shay is in it too. She's uh so she she's a nurse with the pill, um, huh. in it as well. So like so she played the teacher in the original film, um, and mm. obviously she's the sister of Bob Shay, um, and people may know more from the Insidious series these days, um, but yeah, even she crops up in it. It's just like it's it's just uh, to me it's so beautifully woven together. Uh, yeah, it's a really it's a family affair. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And it is, this is, this is the swan song that Freddie should have got rather than yeah. Freddie did. Um, and so I'm so grateful for this being in existence in the franchise for that alone. Um, yeah, I, I, and I, I, for, I just, for, I, I'm sounding like I'm gushing a little bit and I apologize for that, but I, um, I, I just forgot how much I really liked this film until I watched mm. it recently and I was just, and also, I think like that mid early nineties uh, period was a bit of a, an awakening of of horror. I'd always been a fan of horror, but I kind of uh, this for me. I I was I was going down that rabbit hole of watching like the craft and you know the, the movies like that that came out in the mid nineties. I was I was uh, this was a point where I was going to the flicks as often as I could. Um, and so this, and I suddenly remember, obviously that was when I watched it, I'd gone to see it in the movies. And so I, there was a bit of nostalgia that kind of started coming up and was awakening in me when I rewatched this recently. So yeah, it, it just, it just, it felt right. And I, and I, I, I love rewatching it again. It'd been a long time since I'd seen it and yeah, I enjoyed that ride. But what, what was it like for you? Like, what was your reaction after watching it for the first time? 
I, for the first time, I I loved it. Yeah, I like at that time, I you know, I was just completely blown away with it. And I think, like even beyond the first one, this is the thing that put its put, had the biggest claw in me. Yes, uh, for the Nightmare series, um, and was the kind of thing that 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 kind of uh, 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 like made me want to go back into it and, 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 and kind of, you know, like see what I hadn't seen. And, um, and it, I think it's such a wonderful, uh, like it's such a wonderful ending, uh, to it. Um, not to, to the kind of the main series, you know, there are yeah. you know, some sort of stepchildren entries, um, later on. Um, but it, like having Wes Craven come back and get to put his ending on, like the fact that he got to make three of these, I think is really phenomenal. And I think the three of them like work as a triple feature. Yeah. Um, yeah incredibly yeah. well. Um, and actually at, at, uh, at the Asta here at the old vintage cinema, they played, uh, they had, the original ends new nightmare as a double feature. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Which, uh, unfortunately I wasn't able to stay for the second one, but that's where Sarah and I, that's where she, you know, we went and saw the first one. She'd never seen it there. And yes. that yeah. kind of kicked the whole thing off of, of us getting to watch it all together. Yep. Um, and, uh, I remember just kind of going through like, yeah, those are the two you get to like, get to watch. It's almost this, um, like a more meta version of, of what uh, they're doing a lot nowadays yeah, of like, yeah. say like Halloween and Halloween and <laughs> the original Halloween and the new Halloween of this yeah. kind of like, uh, like cutting out the junk and just making a sequel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Cause even though they do, they acknowledge it, it is like a sequel to the first one. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's the only stuff that like the only connections that really matter. Yes. Um, yes in it and I, I i yeah no i agree with you i think there's so much there i yeah. understand if it's not you know some people's cups of tea because it really yeah. is something really different i, I um, agree but that's just it, yeah. why i love it so much yeah and, and, that, and that's that's where i'm coming from too and i think i think that's a good point you make too there oscar because if people were coming out to see uh, a, a, an all-out blood and guts slasher film this isn't it it's uh mm. It's it's just a very it's just a very clever nod to the mm. franchise and the business and Hollywood, uh, and turning it on its head, um, and very atmospheric. Yes, uh, which is what the first one had in spades yes. that that get kind of got left behind. Yes, whereas this one, there's so much kind of uh, like kind of intrigue and investigation and just kind of ramping up this kind of eerie sense uh, of. of of something awful coming. Yes. Um, which is, yeah, which is what the first one does so well and just gets completely abandoned in, in the vast majority of the rest of them. Yes. Yes, that's right. Oh, uh, so the thing that was interesting in that too is that Heather uh, um, Langdon actually pointed out that Freddie's not actually in the film that much either, uh, mm. really speaking. So it's, it's the threat of, of him is, is that, he's there without being seen, if that makes sense. It's the threat of him yeah. um, that makes it sinister. Um, and, uh, 
uh, Robert England actually said that this was one of his favourite nightmare movies, um, and he thinks he went on record saying that yeah, it, that he thinks it stands the test of time. Which leads me to my next question: Is like, do you think it still stands the test of time? I think, I think, absolutely. I think it, yeah. it stands uh, so strongly as, uh, like, I feel like you know, you show someone this and you say, you know, um, uh, uh, it kind of uses all of these kind of elements that I feel like audiences now would be a lot more savvy to. But yeah. you show them this and you say, well, this was done 94 yeah you show them kind of where it sits and um and i mean even just like even just showing my friend sarah like she was blown away that this is what this is what it was yeah um because even though it has been this amount of time and we've had movies that have kind of skirted it um we've 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 never had something like this where it's where like a sequel to a film yeah but it's set in real life with the same actors playing themselves, yeah. having played those characters. And it, it's, yeah, it's kind of just really, a really remarkable film. I can't, I, I couldn't recommend it high enough. Yeah. I'm just, um, yeah. But, but definitely like, you, you know, you'd have to do it with the first. You need the first. Yeah, you need, without that. yeah you're right. Yeah. Yes. You need the relate, you know, either to have a relationship with the series or to, you know, you can just watch the first one and this one. Yeah, you can watch those two, and it works because you know there's enough um, pop culture savviness uh, and penetration um, that you know, yeah, that that people know who Freddy Krueger is. You know, people know, people kind of you know get it enough that you don't have to watch the whole series to yeah. appreciate what this one yeah. is. That's right. That's right. Mm. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think uh, I, I, I would recommend it too. I, I, but I do agree with you. It, it doesn't work without the first one in there. And obviously, uh, if, you've, if you've watched some of the other ser- in the series too, it, 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 it only just champions where Freddie was at that time and mm. place. And the fact that they were bold enough, the filmmakers and West Craven were bold enough to push it in a completely different direction as well. That would have been, and, and, and Bob Shea and New Line Cinema were willing to, to, to go there. I think that was, that's an awesome, it was an awesome approach. Yeah. Yeah. Having cool. Bob Shea be that champion for this series. Yeah. Being like, you can just see his loyalty to Wes. Yes. And to the series. Yeah, um, yeah that's right. Because, you know, the, it, New Line is the house that Freddie that Freddie built. That's it. You know, there's, there's no Lord of the Rings uh, without Freddie, Freddie Krueger. That's right. That's right. Cool, man. I think that on that note, that's a, that's a good place for us to bow out because uh, it's not the last time we would see Freddie. Um, in fact, do stick around because we, I, as I said, we're coming to the, the close of our season, but we are going to come back and look at uh, the joining of the two powerhouses of the horror franchise under uh, New Line, and that would be when Freddy versus Jason came together. Um, and we will look at that particular one. And we are, we'll also look at the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Uh, until then, uh, you know, as I said, stick around, let us know your thoughts. Did, where did... Uh, um, where does Wes Craven's New Nightmare sit for you? Did you enjoy it at the time? Do you, do you find it as refreshing as we did? Let us know your thoughts. Uh, until then, I'm your host, as always, for the podcast series. My name is Swan Muerte, and I was joined for the franchise discussions 
by Oscar Jack. Goodbye. You're listening to the Surgeons of Horror podcast. Music supplied by Peter Nezik. For more discussions or podcasts, head over to surgeonsofhorror.com or head over to our Facebook and Twitter sites for the latest news and updates.